Hello and welcome to another episode of Conversations Beyond the Pew. And I've got back as a guest, I've got Sharon Moore Esquire. And we are discussing today about conversations that actually changed our lives. Uh, and that's kind of a crazy thing to think about. Conversations that changed our lives. So thanks for joining me today, Sharon. Oh, hey, thanks for asking me back. Um, you know, it's good to know that I was good enough the first time to get a repeat invitation. Oh, so absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I know I kind of prepped you before about with this question of a conversation or conversations that really impacted your life or took you down a different path. There was something transformative. It really made you think. So I'm kind of curious what you have for me today. Well, I'll start out by saying that, and we talked a little bit about this before. Um, so I have had conversations with what I consider impactful people in my life, mm -hmm. but I don't have the best like memory. Um, don't hold it all in my head. So I tend to be a journaler and I have been journaling Mm -hmm. since I, I don't know eighth grade and I have a number of those journals still with me so they are in boxes and nooks and crannies I tote them around with me regularly so when I started thinking about this question I thought of like cool people that I've met and people that I've talked with but I wanted to remember like well what did we talk about what did they say and so I started tearing through some old journals and, um, and, and I could not find the specific journals that relate to two conversations that I had. One was a conversation I had with Nikki Giovanni when I was spending some time in, in the Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas area. I was living there for about a year and working mm -hmm. and she, um, had come to give a lecture to a college in Denton. Um, and so I drove with some people and we went there and, and it was fabulous. I mean, Nikki Giovanni is just this incredible um, writer, poet, thinker, imaginer that just takes me out of myself. Okay. I love that because um, I, I was because sometimes I think we get stuck in problems today because we can't imagine a universe that's other than what we're living in and sometimes that's what we need to be able to to make that like next leap um, is to be able to to kind of get out of all the that ground us so to speak and just take those magical flights and um so you know what i am going to talk about this one conversation with Nikki giovanni because it's coming and i'm like oh okay i can trust myself on this yeah so nikki giovanni so i was at this um i was in i was in the dallas fort worth area and it was probably it was like 1990 because it was before i went to law school um and um 
so I was in the area and, um, and it was in the nineties and I had just, I'd been working for mobile oil and I had just been transferred to this project in Dallas after I had returned from a project um, primarily in Nigeria, West Africa. And so um, I was like in this very like transitional thing, you know, nothing was really stable or, or grounded for me. And that's a weird place for me, especially um, with like home. It's like, I gotta have home, it's gotta be centered and grounded. Everything else can be chaos completely, um, as long as home is solid. Um, and so we went up to see her and she was just amazing. Um, she is a petite woman. Like I think she's five foot if she, you know, stands up okay. with her shoulders. Okay. So she, and, um, but when she speaks to you, it's just fills up all the space and it fills it with color and with light and with energy and with possibility. Um, and so um, she was, she was reading some of her poetry and afterwards um, she was asked this question, not by me, but by someone else. And they asked, you know, if you could go anywhere, where would you go? Mm -hmm. um, and she said that she would go to Venus. Okay. And I was like so taken aback by that because I, I interpreted the question to be like, well, if you could go anywhere, you know, someplace on this planet. Yeah. But she was like, I'll go to Venus. I'll go, you know, I'll go to Venus just to see if, you know, if they could. And, and then I asked her, I said, well, if you couldn't, what if they couldn't get you back? She's like, it would be okay. Like it, it would be okay to, to, for the possibilities and the imaginings that she had of what Venus would be like. Um, wow. She would, she would go. And so I thought about that and, and that was something that has stuck with me um, in, in this particular way is that I have from maybe not intentionally thinking of that conversation, but I know that I have taken more chances and opportunities to, when someone has said, okay, well, you could go here. I'm like, okay, I'll go. And a song that I think of all the time, quite frankly, is, um, is there's a song, Here I Am, Lord. Yes, yes. That song, like, resonates with me so deeply um, in that it's, it's just, like it, it feeds that adventurous spirit that I've had all my life. Um, I've always like wanted to go um, and, but wanted to go in a way that like 
I felt comfortable because I always knew, okay, but I'll go if I know I can come back home, if I could come back to, you know, a safe place. And her saying that she would go because the trip would be so worth it. Even if she couldn't get back, she would still go. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to infuse that in, um, in myself as I've taken leaps um, in my life along the way and it's really been great i mean i have been places and done things um that that you know some people stand back and they're like wow like i had an opportunity to go to a conference in wellington new zealand and i had basically like five days yeah, maybe I think it was a week, maybe a little bit more than a week to okay. figure out like getting there. I mean, the whole nine yards of it from, okay, you can go to this conference and the next conference is in, oh, it's in Wellington, New Zealand. Go. Like nice. it, it, you know, and, and I loved thinking about going to that one because if you ever look at, sometimes if you can look at a picture of like the, the, the earth, you know, some satellite pictures of the earth will show New Zealand, like kind of on the edge there. Right. And, right. About to fall off. Yeah. Exactly. And I imagined myself like, Oh, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm just going to kind of hang on, you know, I'm going to go over there and grab <laughs> on real and just hang on for all it's worth. But it was wonderful. I mean, it, um, just the willingness to go like made it easier to go other places. Um, after that, I went, visited friends, spent a month in, in South Africa between Johannesburg and Cape town because they were there. I had no idea how long they were going to be there. So I was like, when I found out that they were there, I was like, okay, I'm coming. Yeah, here we go. Um, and I had, and, 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 um, and a, someone I was dating at the time, I was like, come on, go with me. Like, come, mm-hmm. let's go. You know, we can, we can make, we can work this out. And unfortunately they didn't go with me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that was sad, but I was glad that I still went. Yeah. Um, and had that, had that experience and, and other things, I mean, you know, left, left DC, went to California, came back from California, drove, it's, it's like, okay. And all along the way, it's like, yeah, if I have the opportunity, I'll go. And I, it keeps reminding me. And, you know, I've heard Nikki Giovanni on the radio and in podcasts and other things since then. And it's like, Mm -hmm. she's still as, as phenomenal, like, and fantastical thinking. Yeah. That, just inspires me um well and just how that just it feeds you all along like you can you remember that and it feeds you and gives you fuel to go to South Africa whether or not the person you were dating is willing to go or not doesn't matter because that Mm -hmm. conversation was at a critical juncture that just fed you and continues to do so which is that's a pretty cool thing um, it also speaks to the power of conversations and that as we start to lose the art of conversation sometimes, I think Zoom um, at least has helped us during the pandemic, but you know, where 
we're just staring at our phones and not talking to one another, that we are missing some massive opportunities here. Um, I, I think talking to one another is something that people are losing the art of. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that and actually like longhand writing things. Um, oh, yeah. I, I still write in, like, I still write in paper journals mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Exactly. Because I think that there is something phenomenal that happens in those things. Um, that happens in those ways that we're like putting ourselves into it. Yeah. Um, we're risking something in, in, in putting up ourselves into it in that way that doesn't happen in a, you know, in a 120 character tweet or in some shorthand text. Um, There's a vulnerability. I mean, just in, um, yeah. you know, the conversations that we have, um, even leading yeah. up to us doing this recording, we had some rather vulnerable conversation about, so did I answer? Did I, you know, like, are we cool? You know, just understanding each other, um, which I enjoy having those conversations, but I understand how they can be uncomfortable. Um, and yet it's almost like if we're willing to, if we're going to get through this time, if we're going to grow, we got to do it. But that's one of the key things. That's one of the key things I think is missing out is that we are losing that art of like, how do I navigate a challenging subject real time? Like not just react to yeah. somebody posted this and then I get to, react and say my blah it's like no how do i engage one-on-one -on -one in real time with real people mm -hmm. and losing that art it's something that you have to practice you yeah. have to because it's it does take you know several things line up you have to be willing to listen to what the other person is saying, take that message in, yeah. however pleasant or unpleasant or 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 uncomfortable, and and that's the biggest thing is that we're 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 afraid of that uncomfortableness that happens mm. when someone says something and we weren't either expecting it or we don't like it or whatever the case may be. And then how do we then take it in, process it, and respond? Like actually respond. Don't just throw daggers. Don't just yeah. blow out, you know, somebody else's one-liners. Like how do I genuinely respond to someone's hateful message towards me? How do I respond to someone questioning my Christianity, my faith, my, my, you know, my core beliefs right. and without having the practice of conversations, it just easily devolves into yelling at each other, no one hearing anything anyone says. Well, 
or even in our context of um, we're friends, you know, we we have conversations all the time of going, wait a minute, back to that conversation a few days ago. Um, was there, you know, do I need to clarify? Because the realization, right, as we were talking was, oh, well, I wasn't talking about this. I was actually talking about something else. And, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't realize that you heard it that way. And, oh, I wish I would have responded more. I mean, so there's an art in that, too, of even just taking the time to go back and forth of, of getting, you know, the information that we're looking for. Absolutely. I mean, I have, you know, um, one way people have described it is that we have to actually be willing to stop and listen, not just prepare for, you know, defend or respond or, 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 or retort, but actually listen and then say, okay, well, what I thought you, I heard you saying, and it seems artificial and it seems really funky, like active listening. But if you just say, well, all I'm doing is checking in with the person to make sure that the way they use that word is the way I was using that word. Yeah. And, and that, if we could just work on that piece of, of it and allow someone to ask that to say, well, okay, well, when you said this, I heard you saying, blah, blah, blah. Is that what you said? And being okay with, oh, no, that's not what I was saying. Instead of being defensive and saying, well, how could you think that I would say that? How could I? it? I don't know. I just did. And so, but that is an, that is an art. I mean, and it, it requires just time and practice to be able to have those conversations and feel comfortable in yourself that I know who I am at this point in time so I can respond instead of constantly feeling like the need to defend against words or defend against someone's thoughts. It's like, no, I am who I am. I can stand here and be open and say, this is who I am. And I don't have to, um, I don't have to, I can listen without letting things um, wound me. Yeah. But that takes time and it takes mm-hmm. that level, I think, of trust mm-hmm. in conversating. And it's something that we just don't do. I mean, people don't sit down and talk. The number of people who actually talk on the phone <laughs> is greatly diminished. Absolutely. I will talk people, and they're like, oh, well, I don't talk on the phone. Well, then how do you communicate with people? Oh, well, I send them text messages. And then you'll hear people say, well, they sent me this text message and they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, texts have no tone, There's right. no intonation. <laughs> the only thing that you can de- delineate sometimes is volume. If right. they do it all, unless of course, you know, they're right. half lots of stuff. But yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it, it is one of those things that, yeah, you have to really just be able to say, okay, we're going to have a conversation. 
we're going to talk. Well, and how much we miss out when we just, we don't do it. Because I know that you were mentioning another conversation that you found that was important to you. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. With your sister. Yeah. That was a great one. And, and that one, I mean, I, uh, well, I found the notes from that conversation in a journal. And so that's why I said, oh, okay, well, I know I can talk about this one because I can remember it accurately, air quotes, you know, remember it accurately. But then as I was, then as I was describing the, the, the conversation with Nikki Giovanni, it's kind of like my brain and my body, you know, I, the muscle memory took me back to that space of like, oh, that's right. We were in this lecture hall and we were sitting at this, you know, in these seats and that sort of thing. And I can even remember what I was wearing that day. <laughs> it is kind of amazing. It is. It's kind of, it, and all of those things come back because they're, they're all a part of it. Um, but the other conversation that I had was one um, with my sister, Sally, who also is a lawyer. Um, and when people meet us, um, they will often ask, who's the older, who's uh -huh. the older sibling? And I always look at them and I say, I'm older, but she's bossier. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Because a lot of times, um, I grew up as the middle child in the family and whatever you believe about middle children, what I know for myself is that I always two things one I wanted people to just like me like I want you to like me and I wanted people to generally get along and be happy and so um so if being flexible and you know changing a preference could mean that everything would flow and people would get along and things seemed like seemed like they would you know everything would be great. So I would do that. Sally, on the other hand, my perception of her, and to an extent, I think she would agree with this. Um, she grew up just very confident in who she is. Like, this is who I am. Take me, leave me. I don't really care. Yeah. And I, like, as I got older, you know, as we were growing up and sort of becoming who we were, and I saw the way we're five years apart. And so when I saw the way like she was going through um, high school and I was in college and I was sort of, I don't know, um, very, very unfocused, but I saw the way she was going through high school. I was like almost in awe of the confidence that now it was, I mean, she will tell you that it was, you know, it was bluff. It was all an act, but she was acting so well that I believed her okay. um, in her presentation and other people, you know, believed, believed it too. Um, and I always tell her that she's good with people, though she is not necessarily a fan of people like she's, <laughs> but you're good with them. It's like, you're very good with them. And I think part of it is that she has this clear, like she is like the clear lightning rod. And so others are drawn to her. And so, you know, while she may be like, why are these people hanging around me? It's like, because you're you. Um, 
and we've gone through that situation sometimes because both of us being lawyers, um, a lot of times, you know, she'll, she will say to people, oh, you know, well, go to my sister. She's, you know, she knows what I know. She can do what I do, da, 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 da. And I've had situations where people have been upset. And I realized later on their upset was not that I didn't perform what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They were upset because what they got was performance from not Sally. Uh, they, they, they didn't have any, I don't think they really clued into the wonderfulness of Sharon. They were just in the upset of not Sally. Um, and so at one point in time, I was facing, um, I was like at another decision point in my life where I was, um, figuring out, okay, what am I going to do now? And I had this conversation with her and, um, I was marveling at how she had been in, you know, she'd been in a relationship and it just, it fell apart. And rather than, you know, just, she went one, I think it was like a Friday, packed up things and moved out. And it was like, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't a lot of tears and drama. I mean, there were feelings and emotions that those happened, but it was just very clear that, okay, this is not working. This is ending. We need to close that chapter and move on to the next one. And I was just in awe because, I mean, when I've been in those situations, I mean, literally one time I was laying on the floor because I was just like, I felt so debilitated by the, the end of it that I was like, oh, if I lay on the floor, I can't fall. You know, if I lay on the sofa, I could roll and fall in my head. But if I lay on the floor, I can't fall. So I'm just lay on the floor and wallow in it. Um, and I remember my best friend coming over and kind of like seeing me on the floor and like helping me to pack things up. Um, but she just... <laughs> she just has this clarity and, and, um, and this, you know, just this amazing, amazing strength. And, um, and, um, what did I, and I remember writing, I remember writing notes about this in a journal and the title of this, I, I titled it, the courage to be me, colon, facing Armageddon. That, that just tells <laughs> you a little bit I can get, you know? I'm like, whatever it was, it was just like, oh my gosh. And so um, I, I remember her just being very, very clear. And when that relationship ended, she, you know, packed up her stuff and she just said, you know, I'll be out by the weekend. And her strength of her rational calmness okay. and forward action. She's like, going back isn't an option. So 
you go forward. You just keep going forward. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, wait, how did, how, how does it happen? And then, um, oh gosh. And I'm looking for, I, I, I wrote down this note here. Um, after she'd been through that disillusion and there was a situation where she was going to run into this, this ex, um, at a very public event. And it just seemed like there was going to be a lot of drama happening. And so I thought I would give her some sisterly advice. And I just said, well, you know, um, you might want to sort of prepare yourself for, you know, the conversations or the disruption that could happen and, you know, things could explode in your face. And, and, and I had said to her that maybe you want to kind of prepare for something like Armageddon. And she looked at me without hesitation at all, very coolly and very calmly simply said, um, to hell with that Armageddon better be prepared for me. <laughs> nice. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. Um, and it has, and, and that is one of many things she said to me, but that whole demeanor and and I mean, it was unflinching. It was just, there was like not even really a full beat that happened before she said, you know, before she responded that Armageddon better be ready for her. And that it reminded me, um, and I, I wrote this down, I, note, I, I noted in my journal, I said, in that moment, Sally reminded me that fear is a thing that you overcome on the way to what you want. Um, each time we kick fear in the butt, we become better, faster, and stronger. We become more of who we are stepping into the fullness of our lives. I like to remind myself that all I must do to have a life of quality is to be willing day after day to have the courage to be me. And that is beautiful. I mean, that is, that is beautiful and like print worthy and like, let's publish it. Um, I, I want to make sure fear is a thing you overcome on the way to what you want, what you want oh, and have the courage to be me. I mean, really like you could publish yeah. that like section of the note. <laughs> and and at some point in time, I, I am getting it together. It's part of, like, it is part of a book of essays or a series of essays that I, I have written in the past and I'm, like, pulling them together. But, yes, I keep reminding myself that I, I have the courage to write things that people will read. And, and I yes. want to see it. Um, but Absolutely. it's very, it, it, it's, it's one of, like I said, in that moment, um, I was really just awestruck by like, oh yeah, that's right. You don't let fear, like, cause you could relate to this perhaps is that years ago when I lived in DC, they used to have um, this 
three-day bicycling um, like uh, um, event. Um, you'd cycle like I I did it from Raleigh, North Carolina to Washington D.C. And so you cycle like over three days. You cycle the distance um, and raise money. Um, and at the time, we were raising money for AIDS charities. Um, and, um, and I remember during the training for that, um, there, there was a group I hooked up with, um, and I was living, I was living in DC, but they, but where we were training was this area in Virginia. Um, and we were training to do hills because hills are something that you have to kind of approach them in a particular way. Otherwise you will basically what they technically call bonk out. Um, <laughs> and basically it just means that you, you won't overcome the physics. Like there's a certain yeah. amount of physics you have to have to get you up and over the hill. Um, and so there was hill training. And so I was doing one of these hill training rides. Um, and someone who was in the group, she was like, she went up and, and the really skilled, the really strong riders would often like hang at the back and then they'd go up to the front and then come back, you know, just to make sure that they weren't leaving anybody behind. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was cresting this hill. I was like midway. I could see the top of the hill and this one rider, she was up at the top and some of the other folks who were up at the top, they were up there and they were just hanging out, waiting and encouraging me. And she rode back down, rode past me, rode back down to like the valley part of the hill and then came up again next to me as I'm still sort of, you know, steadily doing my ones and twos like yeah. up the hill. And I looked at her and I asked her, I was like, well, why, you know, why would you go back down the hill after you overcome this hill? And she said, the hill doesn't tell me when I'm tired. I tell the hill when I'm tired. And it was like the whole idea of like, I get to say, I get say in how I move forward and what I do. And so that came back to me when, when, you know, when I was thinking, I was thinking of that in this conversation when Sally was talking to me and I'm thinking that's right. It's like, I get say, um, and that's something that we easily do a lot is kind of give up our voices i mean we we were, you and i were talking earlier about voices that that haven't been heard or need to be heard and why people you know and 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 how a way to to elevate that but remembering everything that you say that comes out of your mouth you say to yourself first mm -hmm. and having that say like having that power Mm -hmm. Say it to yourself, you know, tell yourself. Um, it's like I get to say when, when I want to, you know, when I want to stop doing hills or when I want to quit riding or when I want to, you know, whatever, when I want to give in to fear or, or when I want to stop. And if I want to stop in the middle of the hill, that's my right. And it's no, it's me. I'm like, okay, I want to stop here. Uh, or if I want to go up, come down and go up again, um, which I actually, I, I, not on that hill, but there were, there was a hill later on in the ride. I did do that. I followed her 
and like went up the hill, went back down and came up the hill again. Like it wasn't as steep a hill, but it still was that feeling of like, yeah, I get to say, um, and, and not to forget that, like. Those conversations, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they stay with you and how important they are. And so, I mean, I, I think that that's been my hope with us even discussing this is that people will really lean in to having more conversations because they can be so transformative and it can be at the most unexpected times, just like with your sister, Sally, you were the one that was going to give her advice. And then it all came around and ended up in this conversation that is like, wait a minute, I, I got to use that for like the rest of my life. Absolutely. Oh, oh, well, I'm so glad we could have this conversation today. So um, I, I'm really glad that you do these. I, I am. I listen to them. Um, I have a whole bunch stored up kind of like, you know, saved up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to these podcasts. I don't drive as much as I used to. That oh, used yeah. to be like the, I listen you know, driving to Flint or wherever, I would listen to podcasts, but, but still cleaning the house, I do. Um, but I enjoy it because it's great to hear just that exchange. And we were talking about this earlier about how people don't have those conversations. The other thing that's really great is it sets up models. Like I think of, oh, that's how that person like dealt with that awkward situation. I might use that in the future and you tuck it in your pocket. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things, just, you might not use it at that moment, but I mean, some point in time, I'm sure you're going to tell somebody, Hey, wait a minute. Fear is that thing that you just get through on the way to what you want. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, I think I can frame that. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm actually going to like make a whole like uh, uh, meme of that. Uh, so I will give you credit. Uh, I will be like, no, it was actually Sally that, I, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't well, I it don't was the more sisters. Said. Should I just say that the more sisters? Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I, maybe it was me. I did write it down. It was, she put the idea in my head, but definitely. Yeah. I, I definitely wrote that in my note, in my notes and sure. it, with help from with Sally. <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's major prodding from Sally but I and and I will tell you that some of those conversations I've had with her have helped me to be so much stronger um in just engaging with people mm. um, because I've listened to phrases she's used or the way she said things and I thought oh well and and I've seen how it worked with her and so then I've tried it and it worked with me and it's like oh it wasn't just a Sally thing it's like this is actually a phrase you can use and it works yeah yeah very cool those are great so well thank you for chilling and talking with me today not not a problem at all and thanks for the invitation. I look forward to other conversations that you have with folks and projects in the future. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, Sharon and I are cooking something up for projects with others. Uh, I'll just leave that as a teaser. Uh, yeah. 
because it, <laughs> we're still in the beginning stages, but we are in the process of cooking something up with conversations with people that generally we never get to hear from. So I'm excited about this. So me too. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and uh, have a good one. And please uh, engage and have more conversations because it is an art and we don't want to lose it. Have a good one.